it's here. Peloton's best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton tread. Choose from accessories like a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, yoga blocks, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. Hurry, Peloton's best offer of the season is here, but not for long. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Limited time offer cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to a galaxy far, far away. Here at the Cantina Podcast, we provide top-shelf service, including rumors, leaks, news, and reviews. Come in, order a Loman Ale, and remember, no droids allowed. Welcome back to another week of the Cantina. My name's Cam Clark. I'm here, as always, with Kel Malone. Hi, Kel. Hi. And this week, for the first time in a few weeks, is our navigator, Shoki. Hey, Shoki, how are you? Hey, it's finally good to be back. Yep, yep. So all three of us are in, and we're going to be talking about quite a lot of Star Wars news that's come out, a little bit of snippets this week. Before we do that... Um, just kind of a little bit of a rundown on, on some of the other shows and things that you can find on our Genre Reverse uh, podcast network. Uh, Animaversals, Breaking Geek the Radio, the podcast. Um, we've got Marvel Multiverse Mayhem. Um, what else have we got? We've got trailer reactions. We've got interviews. That, that, we've that, got that. news stories. And, you know, you can find everything over at lrmonline.com as well. All the news stories that we are covering today are stuff that we have covered on the website. So we're going to get straight into uh, the first topic. <laughs> Where's a, Where are we going first, Kyle? Uh, the, re- the release windows and kind of the, the weird... Yeah. What what we are I would call a switcheroo, but of course they make the official schedule, so it's not necessarily a switcheroo. But the the weird dates coming up. Yeah, yeah. So we, we um so do, 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 I'm just going to get those details up at the moment. So um, Vanity Fair released a, an article this week. It's quite an extensive article, um, which covered a hell of a lot of stuff to be honest. So can we split it up into a few different categories? And then over the last couple of days, actually, since that hit, we've had some even in more depth um, articles come out that have kind of spawned from that that initial discussion with all the people at Star Wars and Lucasfilm about um, the, what's coming up and, and going forward. So so there is quite a lot to cover. I guess the most important thing for us, is, as Kel said, is to kind of look at some of the release windows. As we know, it's no big surprise to anyone, really. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi releases kind of like next Friday. So, you know, <laughs> we knew about that one. But we had an idea of where we thought kind of things were going, which was that Andor would be next for live action, then Ahsoka, and then kind of see where we go from there, if you like. So what we did find out from the Vanity Fair article is that um, the Andor should be out late summer. That's basically what they've said in the the article, and that's officially coming from obviously Lucasfilm. They've got complete access to that. It's a kind of an exclusive access thing Vanity Fair have got going on there. So Andor should arrive late summer. Then Mando season three should be late twenty two. It says initially, and then later on in the article, it kind of corrects itself a little bit and says late 22 slash early 23. So a little bit of a kind of change in, in what's going on there. And that 
to be honest, matches up with what we were all kind of guessing anyway. Andor would come, then Mando, and then Ahsoka sometime in 2023. That's all we've said about that, 23 at the moment. Guys, what do you think about these? Um, I'll start with you, Kyle. Um, what do you think about these kind of dates that we've heard? Anything shocking or just exactly as you thought you were going I mean, to get? I'm at, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit shocked to, to hear uh, uh, Mando like them saying late 2022. Now I'm I'm guessing it'll be a, a Boba Fett thing like December yeah, and also like the previous seasons mm-hmm. of it. Um, late, but it just late 22. Yeah, yeah it just it, it felt the it felt the way that they were treating filming news. <clears throat> it 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 felt it felt like. We we could see things, you know, maybe a month or two late later than we we had thought, because this feels real real similar to like what both uh, Mike uh, Shockey and you Cam kind of were, you know, putting your 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 best thinking caps on for yeah. Um, so it's only surprising that, and uh, because of the filming uh, official filming news, but I would again remind my, myself and uh, us that that uh, we thought they were probably filming multiple things at one time when whenever they they could you know not necessarily main characters or stuff but but like we said if they had the stage filled with with sand for a for for a kenobi scene uh and they were going to need a a stage you know filled filled with sand for a mando scene especially establishment load load the background up on stagecraft craft the sand's already in place <laughs> why, yeah, why I mean, not as long as you it, don't so... need main cast members yeah. who obviously require scheduling <laughs> and they're working on other projects yeah, so you so have you... to have a window for them but you don't need a yep. window for people to just stand in there and do Extra establishing shots stab- okay. yeah man and, and, and there's a lot a lot of there's a lot of things that i i get excited about as kind of a uh uh movie tech show tech you know hollywood tech geek uh to where it's like, man, that could really, you know, increase production times for uh, this new era that that we live in. I mean, um, I think yeah. one of the things that that Favreau said in the article was they can put out one of these shows in about half the time it would take to do a movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, that right. that's kind of the, the system that they're working on at the moment, and that's pretty good. I mean, and that that in itself, before you get to visual effects and then that, does cut down costs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is yep. essential when you're you're doing TV as a, as opposed to box office. Uh, what about you, Shocky? What, what any anything any can, thing you can take out of this, or just kind of as you thought we were going to get anyway? Uh, it's pretty much on point what we've been speculating for a while and what we've heard um, from our sources. But the the question is going to be is where they're going to throw the bad batch in between or in in that sprinkle in there? Yeah, just from no the live action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't. In, and what some you know fans are starting to speculate is the way that the Bad Batch ended, and kind of the beginning of like the Empire tapping into the clones, and will we see Vader in that? Is it going to be right uh, up against Kenobi, where we you know we get the six episodes of Kenobi, and then go into Bad Batch and see that storyline of where what Vader was doing in, in that time period, or? Um, is that it going to be would after that Andor? Yeah. Quite a jump. I mean, how? Just look at. I know, Kel, you you didn't watch it, but <laughs> Shoki and I did. Uh, yeah. Bad Batch season one. I tried. How many years post post Sith would you say that is at the moment, Shoki? How many years after Revenge of the Sith? For Bad Batch. Yeah, season one. Oh, it's immediate. Well, season one's immediately after Revenge. Of the, so, do you think they would do a, a time jump? 
it's a possibility because the way that it ended there wasn't any like type of like clear mission they were on it kind of just you know the uh what's the planet that the clones were um were made on um camino camino i wanted to say batu for some reason but camino <laughs> um but i mean that was destroyed and they're kind of going off you know into you know into the unknown of what their next mission mm -hmm. is or what their next challenge is and then we see the empire basically um you know setting up to start cloning we see the character uh the the scientist the doctor from mando season one you know yep. is an appearance there so you know one thing that Favreau loves to do with star wars is time jump and, and you know and go and tell this story now go and tell it's never been streamlined right you know mm. so could we get hey, that Filoni, or Filoni. i'm sorry Filoni. um yeah Filoni. um okay. he, with the time jumps there but it could be something that we see after andor right if we get andor <clears> say <throat> in the fall and it runs its you know eight to ten episodes or whatever it's at and then there's a kind of a lull in between Andor and Mandalorian season three. You know, that could be the place to drop it. Yeah, I mean, that, that would make yeah. more sense to me if they're talking late summer. I mean, that could be anything from September, you know, October. Yeah, no, it could be. It could be August. It could be, right. I guess, you know, uh, September. It could be the start of October, depending on when mm -hmm. you decide sort of fall comes in. Um, so there is going to be a gap between Obi-Wan Kenobi and when we see Andor, and there's probably going to be a slightly larger gap between, I would guess, between Andor and Mando season two. Bear in mind that we don't know for definitely. There's no... Right. Because there's that conflicting information within the article itself, it could be that Mando ends up getting pushed to kind of January uh, yeah. next year, or it could hit you know, December 29th, like Book of Boba Fett did last year, just so that they're, they're hitting 2022. It's kind of really hard to say on that at the moment, but that's, that's kind of where we're thinking roughly. Winter time, basically, you know, Christmassy kind of New Year time um, is when we should be watching kind of Mando's season three. So, I mean, if I was if I was in charge of it, I'd probably drop it between um, Andor and, and Mando season three, but... You know, they may maybe have various other reasons, and as you said, there could be some connections there we don't know. But and I mean, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna kind of say to kind of counterpoint that is that with Bad Batch being geared towards more kids, you may want to show that during the summertime while they're yeah. I never, I never yeah. considered that either. That's probably a good point. Yeah, and we we were hearing there was a relatively decent rumor that uh uh. Uh, Visions season two would happen later this year, so that's another potential yep, that's thing. Right. To, mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. run for weeks, but it's still something that that can be dropped in in somewhere. I think, I think we will know more next week at Star Wars Celebration because yeah. they've only talked live action at the moment, yes. and there is an animated the droids of the division as well. Things, and there's, so. we haven't really heard much about that. Tales of the Jedi, we, don't, we mm -hmm. haven't heard much about that, but yeah. we know it's definitely a thing now. Um, but we don't know exactly what it is, and and when any of these these animated shows are coming, so definitely going to be interesting. In the kind of same article, there was also a little bit of information um, about um, Andor, um, and it was a kind of if you like first details of um, of kind of story details and things like that that were that were out for. For Andor itself, and and one of the things that they had kind of said uh, in the article was that uh, Genevieve O'Reilly's kind of um, 
Mon Mothma um, was was kind of the the way it's hinted is it it's almost like a joint lead role with um, with uh, Cassie and Andor's Diego Luna. Um, the quote itself said, Mon Mothma and Andor's interview around Galactic Center secretly to an uprising against the Empire. Diego Luna stars a man who believes in nothing but eventually risks everything to aid the rebellion. Andor premieres late summer 22, etc., etc., etc. on there as well. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a few interesting... Uh, pieces of that. Where, what story do you want to go and have a look at next, Kill? Um, the uh, movies. Uh, since we're talking uh, about future yeah, schedules and, future and, and stuff, plans, movies, like yeah. So after that, we didn't. The, the kind of strange thing about that original article there was it was very tentative what they said about the movies. It was almost nothing, uh, and then we got a follow-up to that where Kathleen Kennedy opened up a little bit uh, about the movie side of things. Um. So, in terms of the movie schedule, as we knew it to be, but we knew this was obviously changing, we've been saying for some time it was looking like Rogue Squadron was delayed, we didn't know when it would happen. We've, we've said in the past that we had heard that there was a few issues with it that needed to be ironed out before they could kind of move ahead with it, but it was never officially delayed. Well, kind of is now. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy said of the movie side, um, we have a roadmap. I would say that Taika's story, which we thought would be the second Star Wars movie on the schedule, fits more specifically into that. That's an interesting comment. So Taika's movie fits into the roadmap, but Rogue Squadron feels a little bit outside of that. That's got fans certainly debating that the Taika's will move into a new era, which was kind of whatever his best guess was at that point Mm -hmm. anyway. Patty, as in Patty Jenkins, is still developing the script further for Rogue Squadron, but, you know, we kind of pushed it off to the side for the moment. Then we will talk about how that connects to the central spine that we're working on. There's a couple of filmmakers that we've been in conversation with over quite a long period of time that I'm hoping will come in and make the overall commitment that John and Dave have made. That's ideally what I would love to see happen in the future space. So um, she also talked a little bit about Kevin Feige's movie, which is something that we've that we kind of heard a lot about. However, I think it's worth pointing out, and and the people who wrote it, Vanity Fair, pointed this out that um, that this interview was conducted in March, which was before Michael Waldron's recent comments that he has actually begun writing that movie for Kevin Feige. Right. So. Maybe we're talking a month or so ago that uh, Kennedy had said, I wouldn't go so far. Um, Kevin is an enormously an amazing one, but the goal is definitely having somebody make more of a commitment. I hesitate to use the words trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about sort of persistent storytelling. And she did talk a lot about, about the kind of Feige Star Wars movie and saying it's the rumour mill. Um, I think everyone knows Kevin's a huge Star Wars fan. He's clearly been inspired by Star Wars and the way which he's handled Marvel. I know he's got a lot on his plate right now, but I'd love to see at some point what movie he might come up with. But right now, no, there isn't anything specifically on the horizon. But of course, Michael Waldron recently said, yeah, I've started writing that movie. And we know that that's the movie for Kevin Feige. But I mean, just thinking out loud from from what we've heard about so far, there is there is a little bit about Ryan Johnson, but I'll come back to that, all right? Because it's a little bit of a different issue. So, yeah. in terms of the movies that we have out there at the moment, we have Taika Waititi's movie, we have Rogue Squadron, which seems to have been pushed off to the side at the moment, and the script's being developed further. So, 
don't think there's much we can say about that until we hear more. And then we have Kevin Feige's movie. We don't know anything about these other filmmakers that she is talking to, trying to kind of... But that could be potentially many more years down the line before those kind of projects get up and running. So really, we've only got two potential Star Wars movies on the horizon over the next few years. Is that what you guys are taking from that? Much. Jackie, what do you what do you think about this and and the stuff you had heard about Rogue Rogue Squadron's behind the scenes stuff, man? Well, the fact that it took the no back 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 burner. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys remember way back when I think it was 2019. Um, I got wind and we wrote an article on it too that there wasn't going to be a don't like don't expect a Star Wars movie for a while. Like and mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, the Rise of Skywalker just, you know, and then stuff. Um, and when I said it, I was like, no, like when I mean a while, I mean like a good solid minute. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody was thinking like 2021. And, and then of course, oh, well, the pandemic hit and stuff. Right. But there was never thing, anything in play here for, for movies right off the bat. Uh oh, Mike! Mike froze. He just he did uh, He was a, about to reveal. He was there about he to. Oh, reveal, hey, hey, okay, okay. <laughs> he was about to reveal secret yeah. information and the yeah. CIA. You, you didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> the, the uh, D, no. DIA. The can't say it again. <laughs> Disney. Well, yeah. DIA actually exists. Yeah. But anyways, go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Disney Plus Day. When um, so when Kathleen Kennedy mentioned that those were all into like Bellman, that was like fairly new. Like the Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. like that was pretty much within like a couple months because I think what you get from the article too is that Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy learned that the the theatrical side of Star Wars was we were burned out from it and going into more television and that was and if you go back and read it and and you read some other stories about George Lucas that's Lucas's was vision for Star Wars for a long. Oh, both of you guys are up. Ooh, we're having some internet you. issues. Oh, you yeah. okay? Now you're now you froze up on us, Kyle. Oh, yeah. uh, what about now? Am I? You're good. Now? You're good. Yeah, okay. I, I can okay. see everybody. Okay, yeah. I see. We had okay. some. Yeah, we have you, some. Uh, you can't rough it. weather somewhere in in Virginia, so oh, okay, it, it might be messing with the things. But um, um, to keep yeah, it short, no, we. It doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron is being worked on now. She's in development. She's going to do Wonder Woman three first, knock that out, kind of like Ryan Johnson with his Netflix mm-hmm. deal. There's no rush, and that's a good thing. I think that this news here is take your time with it and make sure what when you do make a film, it is the right film and it's the right story. And, and everyone's going to enjoy it. Um, I think the, the other bit of news with Kathleen Kennedy looking and trying to get commitments from filmmakers. Other filmmakers. Yeah. Other filmmakers. Um, I'm hoping that she's not trying to get the big budget people anymore. Um, I understand Feige. I understand Taika Waititi. Um, even Patty Jenkins, I understand. But I would love to see kind of like what Favreau and Filoni, like Favreau had been established. He made great movies and stuff like that. But, you know, He's always kind of been under the radar as a great filmmaker, or like one of those mega movie star, like filmmakers. He made great. He's made a lot of great films. Dave Filoni, 
is always you know been loyal to Lucasfilm. So I would love to see something like that where they pair somebody from Lucasfilm up with someone who's a yeah. up and comer filmmaker or a filmmaker who is you know proven himself on you know on a couple screens, but dedicated to make the the, the right Star Wars film. Do, do you know there there's a there's a team a team I've wanted to put together together for a Star Wars project movie preferably whether it's a Disney plus one or, or a theatrical theatrical one because mm-hmm. um, oh, I still think we'll get a Disney plus one one day uh, Ronald Moore uh, first contact and uh, yes. uh, the Battlestar, oh, Battlestar Galactica, Galactica. Battlestar yep. Galactica you see where my brain's going yep. and then let him make uh, uh, have a uh, uh, Bear McCreary do the soundtrack for it I, I think that would be awesome as a series like a Disney yeah. plus series yeah <laughs> Forget it, one movie, or if they could get a trilogy, that would be amazing. Something, something. I've been wanting to yeah. put them. Them. I've wanted Bear to do a, a Star Wars soundtrack for for a while. Uh, his stuff with with Battlestar was great. His stuff, even on Christine likes the show. I don't care for the for the show specifically, but the music's good. Yeah. Uh, that uh, time traveling one with the lady that goes back to like uh, colonial times and then like World War Two. Um, I forget what it's called. Some ro- romance thing. No, 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 no. This it, it takes place in in the UK, Scotland, Ireland, and it's mystical. Mm. And any, anyways, time, time travelers. Hey, Outlander. No, it's old, older than Outlander. That. Outlander. There it is. Outlander. Outlander. There we go. That's that's the one. That's the one. Bear, Bear McCreary does the music on that, and it's it's been uh, it's quite quite good. But he's he's a, he's a but yeah, Ronald Moore. Ronald Moore. Like you you you're you're right on on that, Shocky. We we don't need. Look what Marvel did with the like, so to speak, mid tier d- directors, mm-hmm. if you if you will, yeah. niche director, niche directors, and things like the that. The Russo like came from and, community, uh, exactly. TV guy, yeah, guys, Taika, comedy yeah. guys, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. yeah, I mean, Taika made a few arty films, but it wasn't exactly a blockbuster director yeah. when when he came in and did. Um, Dude, he saved the Thor franchise. Like that guy yeah. right there came in and saved the Thor franchise. So he went from like, okay, we kind of know who this guy is, to like, all right, you. And then he just had to win an Oscar for best, you know, like um, at the same time, just run oh, about the yeah. same time. Right, right, right. Was coming out, yep. Jojo Rabbit did as well. So yep. Um, yep. Jojo Rabbit, yep. So yeah, yeah. yeah what about happened. the? Uh, what's that? Nothing. Oh, I was gonna say, what about the? Uh... The final di- director and mo- movies that were mentioned long ago, go Cam, that was just brought and up. Ryan yeah. Johnson and his trilogy. I mean, you know, this this is one that comes as no surprise. No one was expecting, you know, Star Wars Celebration hitting like sweet and they go. Ryan Johnson <laughs> isn't really making Knives Out too. He's been secretly making Star Wars Knives the Knife Out or something like that. Star Wars the musical. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. So. Nah. At the moment, Ryan Johnson's got Knives Out 2, Knives Out 3 to make, um, Mm -hmm. and he has got an overall deal with Netflix to produce so much content, and it's pretty good money he's making out of that as well. So he is a very busy man over the next few years, so whether we come back, he comes back to that or not, I mean, I've always said that I will believe it's happening when they show the is the shot of him sitting in the director's chair yeah. and first day of shooting going, it's you know, here There's we a go. Logo and <laughs> because it just seems like he's got too much on and as much as he might like Star Wars, there's all that baggage about all the crap that he took from The Last Jedi as well. Then there's that baggage that Lucasfilm have to consider as well. Mm-hmm. Then there's the fact that how much time or commitment does he have 
uh, and he's off doing his own things at the moment and Netflix has kind of stolen someone else off them because they stole Benny off and, and Wise off them as well. Um, so, you know, whether we see it or not, I don't know, but I'm not expecting it for like a decade at least. Um, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. As long as Kathleen Kennedy is the president of Lucasfilm, Ryan Johnson has a open green light, <laughs> an open door to make a, a Star Wars film or Star Wars films. Though she loves him, and I think it's a smart move. Let Ryan Johnson make the the Knives Out trilogy. Let him, and if he needs to, you know, if he needs to make another project for Netflix afterwards, let him do that. If it's like you said, we don't see that trilogy for a decade. Time heals everything. The farther <laughs> we are away from the Last Jedi, the more open fans are going to be to his his trilogy. Hey, you got people asking for for Jar Jar Binkins back, so yep. you never know. But <laughs> as long as Kathleen Kennedy is oh, in man. charge, she Ryan Johnson has an open door at Lucasfilm. I said I said that a long time time ago to Jammer. I remember uh, I don't remember what show it was, but I said and this was back when uh, there were um, rumors about her being fired from people more than just uh, the dipshit dipshit uh, uh, bait to so drama to every week. Um, uh, I told Jammer I was like, dude, without her, John Johnson doesn't have a Star Wars movie at, at Lucasfilm. I was like, she she's it. And he, no, 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 that that that's not not it. Every, every no, no, dude, dude. It's and I'll tell you, to, to I'll tell you. I mean, that's a big not reason to say why. That if she left, that you wouldn't get one. It's just that you know she seems to be champion. And uh, no, I would, I, I would bet money without her in that office. He does, he could come, he could come to them over. with anything, and they would say nope, nope. Yep, I, I think uh, you're exactly right on that. And a big reason behind that is is that. You know, and you can watch the the makings of the Last Jedi documentaries to even see this part. But Ryan Johnson and Carrie Fisher had a very close relationship, and Kathleen Kennedy had a very close relationship with Carrie Fisher. And so, while they were making the Last Jedi, Carrie Fisher basically, as much as people dog Ryan Johnson on that, if Carrie Fisher was still alive, she would own up to it and say, "I made a lot of those changes to the script and everything." And and you know, even though it's majority Ryan Johnson's script, you know. They went, you know, during filming and went through and, and would rewrite script lines and stuff and everything. And the way he treated Carrie Fisher and stuff, that meant the world to Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy thinks Ryan Johnson is the greatest thing. And so and here's yeah. the thing. I said I said this in one of the, the comments on on a uh, man. I don't remember if it was YouTube or one of the articles, but um, somebody Maybe it was Facebook. Anyway, wait. Somebody was uh, complaining about Kennedy, and uh, they were saying she she was on the chopping block. I was like, dude, she's never legitimately no. been on the chopping block. And I no. said, this is why she's one of the most most, if not the most powerful producer in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She could be a a big time exec, but she doesn't want to be be. And I said, it's not because of her storytelling; it's her fucking connect connections the the lady has been in hollywood exactly she has a lot of and that's not me saying oh i i think she's great this is just facts she's very well well connected she can get things things done she can call in Mm -hmm. favors she's good for the the studio she might not be the the best for for fans she might not even be the the best for for money but she's good enough made money 
Exactly. That's what I just said. She's good enough on the money side, but she is power powerful because of who she who she is. I mean, look, look. I I pointed it out before. Look at what she did for for uh uh for the Jurassic Park crew during the hurricanes hitting hitting the islands. That was all Kennedy's connection. Here's Kennedy's Kennedy's weakness. She does not know how to pick directors. She she can find money. She can put a team together, but the one she's the weakest part is, and I think she's getting better with this, or you know, but she's been doing this for years. At least all taking the way back advice in the now. Yes, they're taking advice. They're right. Is she for a while there when it was just her? She did she, her track record on directors was not good. Yeah, Abrams, Johnson, um, the uh. <laughs> Chris Miller, right? The Chris Lord Miller, and Miller. Lord and Miller, that's right. Um, then um, the Rogue One was it? Um, was it Tony oh, Gilroy? Was it? Got it. Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Gareth. That was episode nine, right? Or was it Gareth Edwards? No, no. Trent, Trent completely dropped out. Edwards did Rogue Squad. Uh, Rogue One first. But before it was yeah. Apparently yeah. Gilroy yeah. finished it, and then and Gilroy finished and it. Yeah, so the, I mean that's yeah, what really span of, for, yeah. for episode yeah, nine. Trevor, Trevor, for that's nine. What it was. Trevor for nine. But look oh, out! Look all those directors and all that chaos right there. And that's where, like, in the article, and, and, and we can talk about it later, or whatever. But when she's saying we learn from Solo, I like, and she talked about we can't the biggest lesson was we can't recast some of these characters. Mm, I don't think yeah. that was the biggest lesson. I think the biggest lesson from Solo and yeah, Therefore I think we all got to get the right that. director. I think we, were, we were talking on sort of Discord and stuff. That yeah. I, if that is the message she got, I think she got the wrong message because it wasn't yeah, the yeah. it wasn't the recasting. I think it was a misquote or just kind of like, you know, when you're talking, like, I think and then it was you, the low hanging fruit into, that they went for. Yeah. I think when you're taking conversation and putting it into print, I think, they took that snippet right there and put it in because I don't see that as her like her admitting. I, I don't maybe she is, but especially with the admit. Lando show coming out and you had yeah, Donald I mean, Glover himself yeah, saying, saying, saying that he's saying still, still working on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, to saying that the the recasting was the biggest issue that you learn from. Use your writing and, and directing crap. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, uh, shoot, for the longest for what? How long was it that fans wanted? Um, the what's the actor who played Bucky Barnes? Sebastian Stan. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. If you had gotten Sebastian Stan to play a young Luke Skywalker in Mando and stuff like that, yeah. the fans would have freaked out. You know, yeah. If he was good, if he was good, I mean, the guy's good. The guy's a great actor. I think he could. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not like he's holding a show all by himself. It's not the the Luke Skywalker show. It's a couple seconds here, a couple yeah. seconds there. Yeah. If you put him in that scenario. Dude, the fans would have gone crazy for that. Well, I think the main thing is we should get a bit more concrete information. Um, well, you'll get it when you're at Celebration next week, Shockey, because... <laughs> oh, yeah, um, everyone will get it. it was, it's live stream. You know, yeah, uh, this was March, obviously, that Kennedy was talking, and she said we'll probably get a bit more specific in a couple of months. March, yeah. April, May, you know, Star Wars Celebration. So, you know, I, I'm expecting we maybe here a little bit more next week. Possibly. Yeah, gonna be a, I, I think we find out Bad Batch. But we're going to find out at least two to three video games that are in production, um, titles and dates. You know, all yeah. all these panels with all the shows coming up and stuff. So, 
Okay, so oh. let's take a little word from our sponsors and then we'll we'll move on with some of the other things that come out of the Vanity Fair articles. All right. Grow Generation, where the pros go to grow. Grow Generation is your one-stop shop for hydroponic grow supplies, product systems, and more. Grow Generation serves customers across the nation and carries a wide inventory of renowned cultivation brands. Go to www.growgeneration.com where the pros go to grow. You and I will, uh, you and I will care, carry on uh, with the uh, Andorin and uh, Acolyte stuff if, if necessary, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, thanks. We're just doing some some business in during the ad break. Uh, Cam Grammar ro- Rodeo's a little di- yeah. different than what we expected, man. Man, it what's is. up with that? Um, <laughs> so there was a little bit uh, surprising. Considering, do you know I've just realised I spelled Grammar wrong in the title. They didn't. Did none of you did <laughs> Grammar. Was that a grammar. Yeah, grammar. I kind of. I loved it. <laughs> <Grammar>. <laughs> I thought it was that, like that. I was like two days ago, and I haven't yeah. spotted oh. that yet. But was I, I saw it. nobody I was like, else you know spotted I like it. it and let me know. So bad. No, you're good. It's kind of my job to notice these things, but yeah, anyway, um, that's a good job, Cam. I'm just a um, podcaster, editor in name, name only. I'll fix that later, guys. Uh, but yeah, you know that we've been hearing about this show for quite some time, uh, and it was just a codename grammar rodeo. I was kind of surprised in the Vanity Fair coverage that they mentioned this and said, like, all it's got is this codename at the moment. That's this kind of unusual behavior. And I kind of wonder if it's so that they can kind of set the expectations because maybe we were getting some of that information wrong and you know we're we're kind of involved in that as well so just to break it down what we had heard and i know jordan mason of Cinelink heard exactly the same information as us from a completely different source was there was a show getting made it was codenamed grammar rodeo which we got right um, I think we were first to say Grammar Rodeo um, and it would have a young cast and then we saw some casting calls that came after that a few people said oh they just went for the casting calls but the casting calls actually came after that but the other thing we had heard about it both of us from completely different separate sources uh, was that it was high, It was going to be based in the High Republic and we've talked about that many times in the cantina but actually um, the Vanity Fair article gives us a bit more information on it and it makes it clear that actually um, this is not a, a High Republic show but something that is going to be set post-Return of the Jedi which is basically the Mandoverse era, if you like. Um, so here's the exact quote of what it said in the, the Vanity Fair article. Another new series in the horizon doesn't even have a title, just a code name, Grammar Rodeo. A reference to an episode of The Simpsons, which Barney's schoolmates still can't run away for a week, etc, etc. The show takes place post-Return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the Empire. The same as The Mandalorian, but its plot remains a secret. It's created and executive produced by director John Watts and writer Chris Ford, who made Spider-Man Homecoming for Marvel. Cast and notice is called for four children around 11 to 12 years old. And inside Lucasfilm, the show is being described as a galactic version of a classic Amblin coming-of-age adventure films of the 80s. So that kind of backs up almost everything that we knew about it, even the rumour that, because remember, we co- wasn't from us, but we covered a rumour from someone else, can't remember now, you got it right, whoever that was, uh, that John Watts was involved. 
but they had thought he was in talks to direct it, but actually he's involved in the creation of this show from the ground up. It seems along with his um, writing partner, Chris Ford. So um, so it doesn't necessarily say he will or won't direct it, but he's certainly executive producing this show anyway. Um, so it's, it, it, I want to ask you what you think about this, but it's also strange that we get all the rest of the information right and then get the setting wrong. So I don't know where that one's came from, from two completely different sources. I was quite surprised at that. Shoki, what do you think about all this so far? Well, I'm going to tell you, like in the past, say, three to four months, like some of the information <coughs> I've gotten now, I'm starting to second guess. I was so confident in. Um, and it's, you know, I think... Um, Kyle has, has kind of dubbed it the counterintelligent ops. You know, it, 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 I think there's been a lot of leaks with Kenobi. Um, a lot of us, and that I think now it's kind of marketing or whoever's in charge of it is now you know trying to to get some of these scoopers, including myself, off the off the you know beaten path and you know getting things wrong and feeding us information. So. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the High Republic show, there's a lot of people still say there's one in development. So maybe it's just, you know. There's a lot of excited people yeah. for it. Like about 50,000. 50, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't too excited about it, but, you know, some people were. So, so yeah. go back to when, this is another way. I remember this was a while ago, but when Mando season one came out, you know, I had gotten wind, you know, it was another story we wrote that. Um, there were like four shows in development that were going to all tie together. Um, yeah. And it was uh, Ahsoka, Boba mm-hmm. Fett, um, the Ezra Thrawn show. And then there was another one that it was just kind of laying underneath, you know, under the radar. Like th- there was no information. No. I always in- thought that became, because yeah. then later on we had the Gino Carana story that that became Rangers of the New Republic, which is dead. That's what I, on, I, I, I agree with, And that's what I thought too. But, you know, when the, yeah, like the range of the New Republic was more as a reaction to the popularity of Cara Dune's character and Gina Carano and and kind of what Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau could build off of Mando season one, where the Ahsoka, Ezra, Boba Fett, those were already in play. Like that was kind of like, if this goes right, then we can do these stories. And the fourth one was this just hidden project. <clears throat> that was just mentioned to me, and it was like, there's, you know, yeah, we didn't have any details around the same time. You know, rough, Boba Fett's going to be around the same time, Ahsoka's going to be, you know, the same timeline and stuff. So, with this one now saying it's post Return of the Jedi, you know, it, it might have been that. I'm not, a, I, I can't tell you 100% if that was the case, but it seems like, do this you know what the been, sorry, when you go, it just seems like this is one has been worked on for a while, like, this is something that. That not just all of a sudden, hey, we're going to put this together. Um, you know, it's it's something that they've been working on for quite some time. And like the description of it, the kind of the 1980s coming of age, like to, to come up with that idea. And that's, that's you've got to think about it for a while. So, yeah, I you know, know what the, the fans are guessing this is. And then Jedi they're Academy. going to. Yeah. Yeah. Stranger because things. it's got a young cast. So they think it's going to be something to do with Luke's Jedi Academy and set in the same but, sort of time period. And, you know, we're going to get Luke and Stranger Things meets the Jedi. You know? Are they it's the, possible. The... I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I just don't want people to kind of get like, 
there's no there's no clues that that is what it is and I don't want people to kind of get their hopes up that that's what this will be when we really just don't know anything at the moment because you can definitely when when you're talking about the force a supernatural force it could be the Ben Solo show it could be that (laughs) are you serious if it takes post Return of the Jedi I mean it would I would assume that that would be focused on the academy as as yeah, well. Yeah, so. I mean that's uh, you have Luke, you have the Jedi Academy, you you're in that same time frame leading up to the first order and stuff like. That. It could be like four friendly, you know, four friends and and then all of a sudden Ben Solo comes in and you know, it could be you know the Knights of Ren, who knows? Like the the that would be a story, you know, the <laughs> Well, honestly, for me, I'm just thinking all bets are off at the moment. I've genuinely no idea what this no, is. No, yeah, I'm with and you I'm guys. I'm not too. gonna gonna yeah. guess anymore, you know, about it because you know I kind of thought I had an idea of where this was was coming with all the information that we had. And we talked to Jordan about his information behind the scene, and I kind of thought I had an idea of where it's coming. And now that's kind of all been thrown out the window a little bit. So you kind of mm, just make yeah. you doubt everything. Uh, doesn't it? And it's a case of just wait and see what we find out, if anything, uh, sort of celebration, I right. guess. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess got what? A few minutes before Chucky's got to go. Yep. Chucky, I specifically because because all of our takes were fairly close together, but you had a little bit more more faith in in the book of Boba Fett than Cam and I did overall. Even though Cam really liked some of the past stuff and was more of a fan, fan of the second half than the first. But what do you th- think about this this uh, interview with, with uh, Favreau talking about the, you know, reaction to the kind, kinder, gentler, uh, uh, she's not even a kind, gentler mob boss in my mind, mind but uh, book, book of Boba Fett, comparing him to the elder uh, 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 Don Corleone, um, flashbacks with, with De Niro, oh, and the old things about... Um, uh, uh, you know the old Italian mob. You know, staying away from right. guns, only using violence at the at the most uh, point. But at least they actually did some some violence. What do you, What do you think, man? Is he is he is he re- reaching? Uh, um, I saw another line. I'll I'll preempt with as well. He was talking about how Boba Fett doesn't do anything to Han except track him down, and that uh, there there was no evidence that he was a, a badass in the OT, which overall I do do well, agree we, with. Well, we agreed. We always said that. You and I agreed with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that kind of gives him a, a bit of an edge is the, the fact Vader has to tell him, don't disintegrate anybody. But what do you think about Boba Fett's point of, uh, from Favreau's point of view? Yeah, I kind of see I kind of see what Favreau's getting at because if we look at Mandalorian, when we're introduced to him, you know, he's this badass and then we we learn to love him because he you know he has a softer side to him he's supposed to be this hardcore you know mandalorian this is the way style and he ends up you know taking grogu with him and you know mm-hmm. and breaking all the rules so it's kind of, i, I kind of see that's what favreau is pointing to is like hey look you, you know you guys have, we, as fans we've created this myth about boba fett being this ultimate badass bad guy and stuff and you know i I, I I understand in a sense what he's trying to talk about about you know the parallels between him and Don Corleone, but I don't think that Boba was ever Don Corleone in this. Like this was not the mob. He this was, was never no. crime boss boss at all. It, at all. Like if if 
if you take less time focusing on what he did post, you know, or like getting out of the, Sarlacc. you know, Sarlacc and, and dealing with the Tuskets and you set it up to where he takes over Jabba's palace and he actually makes a, 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 a legit, you know, gangster, you know, affiliation, not the, the moped crew and stuff yeah. like an actual, like get some bounty hunters, you know, black Christian, yeah. good, you know, stuff, but get, get Bosk in there, get Dengar, whoever. Get some crime grand gangs, play by yeah. his rules. And, right. Yeah. And, and do it that way. Yeah. And he can, but then he can, and then he could be Don Corleone where he's got a little uh-huh. bit softer side to him, you know, and stuff. But, but when it's the hammer needs to come down, it comes down. Not, but he never wants. You're trying him. to compare the Italian mob and Don Corleone to what Boba Fett and the the moped crew did. It would look like more of a yeah. Sandlot crew. That to me is a stretch. I see, I see where he's trying to get it to. Uh, yeah, I but, see what he was trying to do. Yeah, but no, it yeah, it, it was no, it, it definitely didn't pull off and. I, now in the grand scheme of things, a book of Boba Fett. Now that I've seen it all, I, I enjoy it. Here's where I think Disney Plus or whatever marketing wise did a disservice. Well, number one, Robert Rodriguez hyped that up way too high. Like he, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Never yeah. let a director, anybody close to a project, try to <laughs> talk about it and say it's the best thing since sliced bread because it never pans out. But the other thing is, is that series should have been released all at one time. It should have been binge watched. You get it all. But the the anticipation, the wait every week, and it's kind of a letdown, a letdown, let, until finally Mando shows up and then Luke shows up. You know, <laughs> yeah, and then you're it like, was oh, if, yeah, but, that was great. You know, stuff like uh, that. But if it had just been binge watched, you release all six episodes and say, have at it, it still would have been watched. It still would have been one yeah. of the most well streamed shows. But I, I think you get a better reaction to it. So, I understand Disney Plus' strategy of a weekly release for things. I think that's where it backfires. Where Netflix, yeah. they could do that with like Stranger Things. I think you could do a weekly release of Stranger Things and it would be a, still a hit. But there's some things you have to just yeah. dump it all at yeah. one time. Maybe one, one day when they've, when they've literally got enough stuff in pocket, like in the can, that they can Correct. actually... Yep have flex more flexible more schedules but right now they they're trying to fill fill in gaps uh cam what what do you think man do, do, i mean do you buy it a big godfather fan right so i, I talked mm-hmm. a little bit about the and, and the article covering it about the relationship between Vito, what's different between him and michael and everything like that and and it's a really complex movie the godfather you know it's a it's an analysis of of mafia life, but also the change of that life, the modernization of it from something that maybe could be deemed slightly more chivalric. You know, it was about the poor people sticking up for themselves because no one else mm-hmm. would. That's where Vito comes from. Michael comes from a privileged background as a completely, you know, and, you know, and loses his family family as a result of it. There's consequences. That's, that's what the Godfather does. It's a proper drama that gives you consequences. And, and well, to begin with, you and I said this is what they should be aiming at. That's the kind yeah. of, you know, we talked, we we said Sopranos though. Yeah. Whereas, you it's know, Tony Soprano's a bad guy, but you can enjoy watching a show with him as the main mm-hmm. protag- protagonist. Um, and that's that's kind of, we rather than thinking, you know, even more highbrow and going Vito Corleone. But um, so I get where he's coming from, but he. Um, um, Take it easy, Mike. It, yeah, right, cheers, Mike. Um, 
thanks for coming on. Um, and uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I think it's just you aim for the stars, but they, they didn't get anywhere near it. If that's what they were kind of going for, they, you have to really sell that. They have to. They had to give. The drama had to be in seeing Boba become that character and and feel the the decisions that he has to make and you know and also have consequences to those decisions that are made as well I think uh, which we, we just didn't really get within the book of Boba Fett I mean what I said my article was that I think it's possible that if they ever did a season two they could push it in that direction but I'm not convinced we ever will get a season two of the book of Boba Fett um and if we do, I certainly don't want it to be the same as season one with the Vespa crew and all that sort of stuff because the action and everything just wasn't good. It looked cheap. That's the thing. Yeah. Boba Fett looked cheap. Quite and often. I don't know whether that's Robert Rodriguez's because that's kind of his style. But I, it kind of made it's, me think of yeah. We Will Be he- uh, What's it called? We, we Will Be Heroes. Is that what it was called? I can't remember what the bloody name of that film. Uh, we Can Be Heroes. The okay. film that... Um, with the kids that Robert Rodriguez it's, it's a kids film but to oh, me oh like the Spy, spy Kids yeah it looks yeah. cheap even for a kids film and I kind of well, was reminded in his of backyard that studio, studio so yeah <laughs> but yeah I was reminded of that a little bit in Book of Boba Fett and I don't think we need to be reminded of that kind of film within the Star Wars universe for me not no. at all yeah I I also don't don't buy it. I also don't buy it it just he never, if he would have done something crim- criminal, but instead he's he's like the 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 independent independent third party brought in to to try to calm things down between the two with with talk only, not not any power, you know the the arb- arb- arbiter or. I mean, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I know what you mean. You I mean, if we had had, saying, but he, he didn't Boba even do that, that well. For Fennec to go and assassinate someone to facilitate. You know, because you know someone needed to die. You know, in order yeah, it has to work. Eventually, you know. I mean, they even it, said it, some it of it the... might not like it, but he sends her out to do a job yeah. because that's what a crime boss does. That would have worked for me. You know, they even set the set the the seeds for that with with like times where she's like, "Dude, you got to put the hammer hammer down." And he's like, "Okay, okay, you know, you you might be right, but I'm not I'm not doing it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh. I do want to uh, uh, talk at least about um, the, the acolyte. Uh, well, mm. so one one thing I didn't get to ask you, you guys, uh, this this whole idea of sticking around the uh, the post Return of the Jedi mm. time frame, uh, Cam, you and I are are one of those mm. where where we're kind of like we we could get out of here, but we we know that there's potential potential here. My only fear about, you know, yeah, sure, shows could st- still be potentially good. It's just, dude, we've already been, we're, we're oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I'm antsy, yeah. I'm antsy. Yeah. And uh, what, do you, what are you feeling about, about I kinda, that? I kind of see if we had another era already in the go. It may not be as bad when we were getting something from the, the post sort of Jedi era, but. I guess that's why a lot of fans maybe were disappointed that Grandma Rodeo turned out to be something that was post Return of the yeah. Jedi instead of High Republic because I think fans wanted to see something different. Maybe we get that in the movies, but again, we don't know that for certain. We don't know. All we know is that you know the stuff that's out there at the moment. But one show we do know that obviously 
is going to be outside of that year <laughs> of the Acolyte. And Kennedy can almost talks about it like the Acolyte's a bit of an experiment, if you like, in, in going yeah. through that on a, other era. And that if the Acolyte is successful, we could see more shows set around that era. Sure. You're good. Keep talking. Um, you know, so I guess fingers crossed we would always want every Star Wars show to be a success anyway but I kind of feel that there's a lot riding on this Leslie Headland yeah. show because of that because I don't want it to fail because I do want to see them branch out and if it fails yep. it might mean that we're stuck in that post-Jedi era forever if that makes sense Yeah, yeah I got the, the quotes up about about some of the setting and and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, most and... of this we kind of knew, but yeah. there's a few interesting snippets in there. Obviously, 100 years before Phantom Menace, we knew that already. Yeah. Um, so it's not really connected to, to that original trilogy. But, and this is something you said before as well, what interested Leslie Headland was, why is the Republic like it is at the point we see things in the Phantom Menace? You know, it's pretty corrupt. You know, the dark side's growing. The Jedi are kind of almost being used as a police force. So how did this advanced society get like that? How did the Sith get into such a position of power? Um, which Palpatine absolutely is in a position of power uh, and pulling strings at the point we meet them in The Phantom Menace. So what, what created that? Um, and that is an interesting topic to look at if we if you go back far enough to kind of see where that come from. How do we go from the High Republic when the Sith were very quiet and just hiding out and the Jedi were seemingly so unneeded that they were they you know they, they weren't really doing much around the galaxy. Uh, I guess the only thing that she she said that kind of made me a bit a little bit was um when she's talking about potential uniforms that they would wear. Yeah. Uh, and she said, this is what she said, I'll read it out. We actually use the term renaissance or the age of enlightenment, she says, about this particular period of time. Jedis were not always ascetic monk-like figures living selflessly and bravely. The Jedi uniforms are gold and white, and it's almost like they would never get dirty, they would never be out and about, Hedlund says. The idea is could have these types of uniforms because that's how little they're getting into skirmishes. So, you know, we're talking about a society which is kind of governing itself, I mean, what would your thoughts be in a, in a Jedi order at that um, period of time? It would be meeting more that they, they're more monk-like and they're more like studying the Force and just getting, you know, like hippies. Than... The, the High Republic books and, and stuff are set 200 year, years prior and every single piece of that, artwork, yeah. every piece of, of artwork has the Je Jedi in what we think of mm. as J Jedi be being in. Clothing style. Yeah, yeah. Yep. This is the ta tail end. So, uh, what I'm guessing is, and 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 this is just more evidence of of how much uh, Disney and Lucasfilm play with with the canon and picking very very small places to play. This is the Pax Pax uh, Pax Galactica. You know, this is the 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 Pax uh, Republica of of Star Wars. This is the 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 key. Point. This is at, after defeating this this High Republic threat, yeah. they enter their 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 peak, right? Right, and because uh, yeah. it always but takes it a really long last. time to climb up, and it and of course the peak is only this short short period of time, yeah. you know, 50, 60 years before we start getting real, you know, closer to to Phantom Menace, and, and then, 
something corruption right so i think i think they can make it work in that in that mindset uh um because they even got some time to play with uh, another uh dark side threat between this plant creature stuff in the high republican and in this you know 100 year years prior time frame to where to where uh you know excuse me the the whole reason they they can enter this this grand grand period is the plant people been been defeated and the sith are licking their wounds um so i can see where they could fit, fit it in i just don't really really like it because it just it's just it seems it, every everything I knows to to make to, toys. Lucas did did things just to sell sell toys, but at least he, at least at least he believed in in world create creation and reu reusing things within his no, universe but, I mean, and stuff. But look, Leslie Headland's a good writer as well. And, I mean, yes, I'm I love that, Russian Doll. But, Both but, good, you know, great shows. But I think I think we have to wait and see it's got a lot of time in this she, she brought in a writer's room you know it's as just something she come up with I mean the, the concept comes from her but you know she, she brought in a lot of people to make sure this was all kind of landing uh, which we've talked about before even people that hadn't really seen Star Wars before because she, she wanted to kind of see how how this would work as just a story irrespective of whether it was Star Wars or not which we'll find out whether that was a good idea or not I yeah. kind of want it to work because it feels like the dark side is going to be very relevant to this and that we might be exploring some sides of the Star Wars universe that we haven't before. So I'm kind of really excited for it in terms of I hope it's good, but we'll just have to wait and see because if it is and we get more round about that period and really see the, the galaxy turn to shit basically and the Jedi become to the point where they're overworked um, which is, is kind of where we are when we get into the prequels that would be but definitely there's there's what's the word I'm looking for there's there's grass dirty mow if that makes sense you know there's, there's grass dirty greys on in that period for sure but we're just going to have to wait and see how it all pans out once once we see the finished article I guess that's all all we can do is just wait Ian I guess we'll go go ahead and wrap it up there there uh you had already mentioned a bit about the uh uh and or stuff anyways uh yeah uh, yeah. yeah mothma being a, a bigger bigger player and i'm i'm fairly certain bail and i think be a bigger player the only, the only other well. part of that that was mentioned which we've talked about before so we kind of guessed this anyway is that it would be about and or seeing the empire in a bad way and therefore yeah. pushing himself towards the rebellion and we kind of got that confirmed from some comments from Tony Gillow and that's roughly speaking where we where we set things off in Andor um, so you know again not too many spoiler details in there just some basic information about the, the kind of how the show begins and then we'll, we'll see where we kind of go from there it's not at least we know it's not too long wait now yeah right uh anyways guys it's been great this week thanks so much for for joining sorry that uh my camera froze at one one point and then the funny things you had to see with the with the camera for for mike left but uh i don't know how to i don't know if i could add a a, i i could add another slide that's anyways i'm getting into business side speaking of business make sure you're uh checking out our our website every day for all of your entertainment news needs and, and opinions, anime news, tra- trailers, inter- interviews, um, uh, reviews, all sorts of stuff, as well as the pod, as well as the podcast, all of a, all available LRMonline.com. The 
YouTube channel. Hit that red subscribe button right there. Thank you to to everyone that has been subscribing. Um, it's been a lot of fun do, doing the trailer reactions on on the YouTube channel. So you know, if if you love the podcasts and you're just listening to, to this, we got all of the these in video format as well as as uh, tra- trailer reactions yep. on on the YouTube channel. Um, so head over there and uh, yeah. Leave us some com- comments on what we could do better and um, stuff stuff like that. Uh, all of, I already said everything's av- available in audio for format wherever you get your, your podcast from Google, Spotify, <clears throat> Google, Spotify, Apple, uh, all sorts of wonderful things. Just you know, apps use them. <laughs> Cam, my brain, my brain is obvious, obviously crashing. Obviously not working. Uh, you want to talk in about this the site show. stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously go to LIMonline.com. All the stories that we've covered today are things that, you know, don't spawn from us, but certainly we cover them and we give our opinions on them as well. Um, And, you know, so there's a lot of written content. There's interviews are all, you know, most of the interviews are all, there's written versions of them as well that you can find. All of this is on LIMonline.com. And if you think that there's something that we're not covering, why not come and write? Forest and cover what we're not covering a little bit more detail if that's something that you're a fan of uh, because you know there's going to be other people like you out there that are really into that content and, and we are absolutely about enabling that if, if possible um, you can find me at LRM underscore cam um, please hit me up on Twitter if you're, you're interested in joining us at all or anything else my email address is um, available you can find it on the LRMonline.com or uh, email addresses are on there. We got enough spam that it's not hard to find our email addresses, trust me. Um, and, you know, give us a shout if you're interested in that. Kel, any last words from you? Uh, just, hey guys, um, may, may the force be with you. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.